Warpster. Here we are for part two of episode 29 of the Racing Cast. I think this is quite a successful mission we're on here. Yes. A, a what? Yes, indeed. I think that uh, we should probably just drop these voices and yeah. get on with it. Yeah, we should. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just like we did the previous episode, we've broken the episode into two halves, into bite-sized chunks. We uh, have just rounded out things in part one, if you haven't listened to it. Part one, we talked about the uh, Grand Prix. The Grand Prix, the virus. The virus. The Holden. The Holden thing, and, uh, and generally talked shit like we typically do in most episodes. What's this wee business? Let's just get on with it then, shall we? Thanks, Warbster. Welcome back to the 2020 edition of the Racing Cast. Australia's best, in our humble opinion, Racing Cast. And it's proudly supported by a wonderful organisation by the name of Race Fuels. Mm. You may not have heard us mention them at all this year. Mm. Um, so uh, if you're at the racetrack, if, uh, if, uh, if we ever get past this... Uh, coronavirus scare and you can take your race car to the racetrack make sure you go and see mark or uh or sean or any of the guys at race fuels and spend your hard-earned with them for some quality fuel that'll make your race car go faster yes yes 98 ron is a lot of rons mm. 98 of them in fact 98 of them yeah yeah i mean i can only think of three or four you know ron dennis ron walker ronald mcdonald ronald reagan ronnie the reynard r.i.p bless yeah. his heart Yep. Anyway, enough about that. Warbster, it's time for us to talk about the Dubbo Hill Climb. Or as everyone else knows it, the... Um, the Bathurst 12 The Bathurst 12 hour. hour. Yes. Yeah. It's funny, if you actually do um, a Google search of um, Dubbo Hill Climb, we are actually, I think, top of the of the search results. You're Googling yourself again, aren't you? No, I just had a look once. Right. Enough about all that. The good news is that uh, the Bentley girl has finally calmed down. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. Mm -hmm. So for the three people who didn't watch it on the day or catch any media afterwards, mm -hmm. the number seven Bentley Continental of Maximilian... Maxim, Sorry, Maxime Soule. Maxime Soule, Jules Gunon and Jordan Pepper won the day reasonably comfortably after a weekend marred by crashes. 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 And more crashes. Yes. The body count heading into 5.45 a.m. Sunday was unusually huge. Five cars withdrawn with too much damage and several more coming back after extensive repairs. Did you say expensive repairs? Uh, yeah, that too. Yes. Yeah, that too. Uh, the mountain was biting hard, and the main offender was McPhillamy Park, where aero grip, low tyre contact, baking temperatures, and a slippery surface made for spectacular results. So, one of the questions that I'd had thrown at me on the page between the hill climb and now mm. was, uh, what do you think the reason was? And I think Dave Reynolds summed it up beautifully. Uh, it's hot, there's less grip, how about you drive to the conditions? Yes, I think everyone was expecting to crank out these two oh one zeros and just doing all these hero times. Yep, and just the the surface of the track was such that that was never going to fly. Absolutely not. And it, and and it was it was stinking hot all weekend. Yeah, the track never had a chance to cool down. Yep, um, the Pirelli tires probably were at the over the maximum range of what they were supposed to be designed to build work at. I think um, Mark Scaife's UV might have had something. Oh, well, Crompton was no, there. No, Crompton's UV. Crompton, Crompton and Mark's... Crompton took his and Scaife's UV to the hill climb for right. the first time in right. years. Yeah. See? Mm. Scaife and Crompton caused all the crashes because Crompton was there in the pits taking his UV there. That's some spurious reasoning, but let's uh, move on. Got to blame those two for something. Well, how about crap commentary? They're crap commentators, really? Yeah. Wow. Who'd, we could do better. Who'd have thunk it? We, we could do better. No, we tried. Oh, that's right, we did too. We we were different. No. Well, no, we, we could do better as long as we have Mr. J and um, the podcast vocalist, like, propping us up. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Big shout out. G'day, Mr. J. G'day, vocalist. Anyway, the victims before the 12 hour of Bathurst, which apparently is what we were supposed to be talking about, included the number 35 Nissan. Unit lost. The 27 Ferrari. Unit lost. The eight, number 8 Bentley. Unit repaired. The monumental number 62 Aston Martin crash. Unit lost. 
The controversial 777 Mercedes crash was then claimed the 92 Mark car. Unit lost. Unit lost. The Trofeo Hurricane in quite possibly the funniest crash of the weekend. Unit repaired. The number two Audi. Unit repaired. Well, that Audi crash was a really weird one. The, the rear just let go and he went in ass first. Actually, it was me. His house was in another car. As an official and someone who knows GT3 racing pretty well, what did you make of the sheer number of accidents? They weren't driving to the track conditions, Warbster. Yeah. Simple as that. They were all out there pushing too hard. Mm. You, we, we touched on it in the preview, 33 GT3 cars mm. um, and a handful of, uh, quite literally a handful of Invited's. A couple of GT4s, uh, yeah, it, it was it was really really mad. The um the mountain we, we've always said if you don't show her the respect she'll bite you. And man, did she bite the Aston Martin crash? I I don't think I've seen a car um, tear itself apart internally that hard in a long well since the last time an Aussie race car <laughs> barrel rolled forty seven times. I, I digress. Um, the rear the rear window. Mm. Uh, the rear plexiglass window was actually up in the power lines across the track. Pierre and I had a really good look at that one on slow-mo a few times on the Saturday afternoon. It was an astounding crash. Yeah. No one but Dean Canto mm. could park uh, a Lamborghini Hurricane um, up on the tyres. And, yeah. and and the work that Rhino and Trent and the boys at, uh, at Trofeo did, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, I might get in trouble for it, but... Uh, they didn't get a lot of sleep. They didn't get any sleep, and they quite literally mm. uh, used... They hydraulically jacked off the roof of the pit building, mm. uh, jacked the chassis back down flat yeah. to get the banana out of the chassis. Mm. And when they were putting the car back together, the panels, everything was within a millimetre. Shit, that's not bad. Uh, and all through the drivers apparently said it all felt fine. Outstanding effort by Trofeo, um, as it was for Bentley. The Bentley went really, really hard on the Saturday, yeah. early on the Saturday. The money that got torn up... On the other end of it, like the Nissan crash wasn't actually televised. I haven't actually seen any footage of that, but that oh, seemed a, like a. It's about it. What and it wasn't anywhere near as big as the others. It was no. But, it was as, it was quite innocuous, but it went in and did a shitload of damage in the rear end. Yeah, um, and KCMG probably weren't too inclined to continue considering those cars are now no longer being used by KCMG. They've gone to Porsche. Yeah, the rest uh, of the IGTC series. Uh, Brett Hobson's got his. Up for sale. 2004 up for sale. 270 mm. spare engine, heap of bits. Yeah. Cheap way to get into GT racing if you're interested in it. Unlike, unlike the Trofeo car, though, that Aston crash with Kirchhofer, that, they weren't getting that one back. That was an absolute write-off. So, Warbs, the most talked-about crash probably of the weekend was Saturday early qualifying. Yep. Sam Shaheen, Cam McConville shuffle, which uh, then involved Tyler Everingham, and I'll tell you another story about Mr. Everingham, mm-hmm. and our old mate Roland Dane. Uh, said Dane. Thanks, mate. I'll have a quick word to uh, Roland before you disappear. I asked you yesterday about how much support Mercedes AMG bring to these events, and there's an enormous truck with lots of bits out there. Looks like you might have to dip into that. Yeah, I mean, no idea what the uh, what the impact's like. To be honest, uh, I'm more concerned firstly with how Sam is right now. But he got out of the car. Looks like he might have been a bit winded, but looked fine. And then the next thing is the idiot who took him out, McConville. You know, who should have retired years ago, and that shows it. Thanks, Roland. Candid words. Uh, given Shahin lost it and backed out at one of the most committed corners on the track, what do we make of all this? Well, two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with Cameron McConville. Mm-hmm. Cameron McConville's uh, fairly disappointed at Roland Dane, as one may imagine. Hmm. Um, Cameron McConville's uh, kids have, you know, copped it at school. He's... Oh, come on. Yeah, seriously. Copped all sorts of bullshit over this. It's okay for Mr. Dane to have a throwaway line, mm. but um, our mates in the media, yeah, shoving microphones under people's noses for you know for immediate commentary. Perhaps if we'd had a bit of a look at it, Sam had rolled out of that way way early. Like yeah, yeah, he wasn't Cam, even at the apex when he rolled out. Cam had nowhere to go. He was mm. like he was so out of that completely, and he rolled out of it not braked. And, and you know. Um, I really genuinely feel sorry for Cam McConville copying the stick that he did. Mm. Side of this one with the Lamborghini driver, Cameron McConville, tucked away in here at the moment. Cam, can you talk us through what happened to McPhillamy? Yeah, look, I feel sorry for Sam. He's a great guy. Honestly, did not mean to touch him. I went to go under at the grade. I had my flashes on and he turned across, so I got out of it, didn't want to make contact. Then we came out of Skyline, and as I went to pull left to pass him, he just hit the brake. So at first I thought, why are you brake testing me there, you know? 
but I went to go right, he went right, so as I pulled left, he just touched the brakes, and unfortunately I just collected the back of him, but absolutely feel terrible for those guys. I feel sick in the stomach. I didn't mean to touch him. It was just that little dab of the brakes as I went left that just collected the right rear of him. So, yeah, I sincerely hope he's OK. He got out of the car. Uh, emotions are running high. He copped a bit of a spray from Roland Dane a few garages down. Do you feel like maybe you have to go and have a word with those guys? Oh, of course. Roland's a much more powerful man than me in pit lane these days. So the other one with that too is, I mentioned on my page, Warbster, the Van Gisbergen effect. Yes. Where we have very well-meaning race drivers decide that they're going to stop and uh, help. Yeah. So we have emergency services teams at racetracks. We have medical professionals who are trained in extricating drivers. We have uh, suitably qualified and attired fire marshals. Old mate uh, driving for Griffo in his GT4 Merc pulls up and, and, and look, credit to him. Yes, he does understand the layout of the car and yes, he's correctly attired, but the car wasn't on fire. Mm. And hindsight now says, old mate, dragging Sam Shaheen out of that car can't have helped his spinal injury any. Yeah. Let's just have a think about leaving the guys in the car till the medical professionals turn up. Yeah. If it's on fire, well, reach in and set the firebomb off. That's what they're there for. Mm. Give the officials a hand to put the fire out. But, you know, if old mate hasn't climbed out of the car himself... There's probably a reason. There's a reason. And yeah. then... As for the Aston Martin crash, mm. the track was almost fully blocked. Like I'm a mate, I'm mates with the sector marshal who was out there at that incident. Mm. Old mate turns up in his Acura mm. and decides to just pull up and you know and and be helpful. Dude, mm. you weren't helpful. He was getting out of the car. He was okay. It wasn't mm. on fire. The officials were already there taking care of it. They were calling in. By its physical location, you've got a medical car and a fire truck sitting at John Hinksman Vista, yeah, directly is... across from where the car finished up. Yeah, yeah. It's you by you stopping, you almost block the track, which causes all sorts of other problems. Namely, you can't get your emergency vehicles through. And let's look at the Shahina incident from another point of view. People were slowing down. Mm. One person didn't. Yep. Tyler so Everingham. Let's let's have a chat about young Mr. Everingham. Mm. So my spies tell me, young Mr. Everingham, and it's now come out publicly that Mr. Everingham had a deal to run with Anderson Motorsport in Super 2, mm -hmm. missed the Adelaide round. Why would that have been? Well, Mr. Everingham apparently initially said to Anderson that he couldn't get a medical clearance to run. Mm. <laughs> Is that the smell of bullshit? No, my people tell me that he couldn't get a financial clearance to run. Mm. Because Mr. Everingham apparently didn't have insurance, so he owes Mr. McLeod a brand new not marked car mm. for the one that he bent because he continued to drive through the smoke coal. Now, of all the places at Bathurst that you really need to roll out of it that's and what, not drive through the smoke, yeah. yeah. So he's come through the dust, mm. pinged off Sam Shaheen, yeah. and absolutely walled the marked car, yeah. uh, totally destroyed not it. Not David. Not the, their wall, not David. Thank you. Uh, totally destroyed it. He uh, subsequently didn't race in Adelaide with... Uh, so the, the car that he was to race was coming from the soccer team. Mm -hmm. My people tell me that there was a phone call from the soccer team to Anderson saying, when are you coming to pick up the car? It's sitting here behind the roller door. We've prepped it. All the bits are here. It's ready for you to come and collect. Mm. Anderson apparently said, oh, well, no, it's all tipped over because uh, old, mate, uh, old mate Tyler can't run. So Tyler's since come out and announced that he'll be at Simmons Plains uh, on, on the proviso that, that the event happens, yeah. uh, running with Anderson that he's, uh, his generous sponsors have been able to uh, help him out with that. So uh, clearly a um, lot of budget to, to buy, a, buy or repair a, a broken mark mm. car and then run a Super 2 car. And we probably touched on some numbers a little yeah. bit earlier in this episode. On the on the um, on the other side of the coin, without the fallen, the stacked field assembled in the darkness at uh, 5:45 a.m. and they charged around for 12 hours. It was a proper endurance race where survival meant as much as raw speed. Although the leading Bentley had both. Unit ready. Unit speed upgraded. On the other side of the coin, Audi had a horrible day. Absolutely dreadful day. Um, yeah. MPC was done about what six hours in. They were over all three of them. Gone. The well, the three pro cars, and uh, although one of the one of the customer cars, Batesy's customer car, hmm. 
dropped an engine, I think, on the yeah. way up Mountain Straight. Yeah. Mark Sinney was the only one who made it to the chequered flag in the other yeah. customer Audi album, in the, in the Hallmark car. So really, really tough day uh, for... Uh, MPC. For MPC and for and for Audi, uh, Audi available in Audi customer racing. Mm. I think what would have helped the Audi cause was if they hired a certain driver. I still reckon mm. if that had Lee Partridge... <laughs> that would have won. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. Oh my goodness. I rate him. He's a good bloke and I rate him. All righty. Okay. So Merck dropped a few chances through failures, dominated the top 10 otherwise. Yeah, triple nine car really dropped the ball. Yeah. If they hadn't had that penalty, they would have probably been within striking distance of the Bentley. Yep. And do you want to have Raffaele Marciello on your back in a, in a bad mood? Um, with a few laps to go, I don't think so. Absolutely. Porsche were there, but not fast enough to peg the gap to their VW brand, mate. Yeah, they got the pole with Matt Campbell. Yeah. But yeah, they just fell over on race day. It's sort of the opposite of... Traditionally, Porsche has been not a qualifying team. Yep. Um, and they've just come good in the race. But this year, one lap pace was amazing. But after that... And McLaren absolutely mm. smoked. Like, we didn't see that one coming. Um, absolutely smoked it in both, mm. uh, in both the Pro and the Pro-Am sections. Possibly um, the Challenge Bathurst experience would have helped all oh, that out. They, they, they came with a plan. They came with a plan. They uh, they did a hell of a lot of data mining at Challenge Bathurst. It's the mm. nicest way to put it. Let's just say when they brought Ben Barnico uh, and the other bloke whose name still escapes me out mm. to drive and uh, and Fraser Ross just uh, sat there and watched, mm. you knew that they were fair income. And Warbster, a big shout out to Fraser Ross, Dom Story and Martin Kodrick in the 59 Racing McLaren who ended up in eighth position. First in silver category and uh, first car one lap down off the lead lap. Yep. Uh, did a great job too. And uh, finally, I suppose Aston BMW Nissan, they just didn't have the pace. And uh, on the BMW side, that was a very last minute looking campaign. Uh, and the Astons, yeah, I don't know, they just didn't seem to be in it at all. The good, the mare, and the ugly from the hill climb Warbster. Bentley. Good. And the other good, uh, I'm going to say, is Matt Campbell. He's really made himself the star of the show yeah. every year at the Hill Climb for the last couple of years. Yeah. And that qualifying lap sort of shows that he's matured as a driver. He's certainly come forward from his um, incidents with Triple uh, Eight a couple Pre- of years ago. Perhaps he's just not cut out for driving a supercar. Yeah, possibly. You know, the, we keep hearing that they're unique to drive. Mm. Um, you know, ma- maybe, maybe he and supercars... Don't get on. Well, yes, and that might explain why chucking a single-seat driver has never been anywhere near a touring car was a really, really bad idea, high Simona. Yeah, she needed to go to Norwell and get some coaching from the dude because um, high Anton Di Pasquale. Precisely. Uh, your goods? Uh, my goods, look, you probably can't go past Bentley to, to bend one, fix it, and have it out there at the end running at the same time as, as still no, not to take the attention away from the other half of the garage. Mm. There's a lot more to it than, you know, when you've been one. Um, huge shout out to Trofeo. Yep. Uh, single car effort. Um, I do know the guys uh, for a number of reasons. To pull that all-nighter and to, to run all, for the car to run essentially faultlessly all day, yep. a couple of minor bits and pieces, but it was a substantial build. It was like yeah. a substantial repair on that car. Mm. And you uh, pull chassis out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and to be there running and yeah, and to make it home, mm. uh, they uh, a, a, an awesome achievement by them. Mm-hmm. The mayor, mayor, I'm going to say driving standards. Yeah, yeah, that's because a fair I, call. I, because I mean, some of the guys that were coming off, they're experienced guys. They should know better than that. Mm. You know, you're pushing over the limit and then coming back rather than you know pushing it, pushing it a little bit, pushing it a little bit harder, and then going, okay, that's enough. That's all it's got. Yep. You know, as I said before, everyone was expecting to be, you know, doing 201s and being a superstar, and it was just never going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, my mare, oh, probably hadn't given it too much of a thought. Ugly. Ugly? Well. Mercedes not winning the race because they dropped a couple of really good chances. Uh, Mercedes in general, Kenny Habul, they mm. should have, they, they, they should have on the lead lap. They, they should have, should have been there absolutely mm. a top five chance mm. um, yeah dumb mechanical stuff yeah um, I like that was and, electrical but yeah and, yeah well, but 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 stuff that um, these cars are, are really straightforward they yeah. should be better prepped and, and mm. better organized 
Mm. Uh, and look, and, and a couple of mechanical failures across the weekend. I, I would say ugly. My ugly has to be Roland Dane's comment. Oh, God, yeah. And no, my meh would be Tyler Everingham's driving. I was going to put that down for the David Thaxton Award for being bloody ordinary. Just um, skipping down a bit. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. The Katsumasa Chio in 2015 Award for Best Driver. Wow. Um, I'm going to go to the three lead Bentley drivers. Because, well, they won. Well, they won. <laughs> so, and it's not, it's so not did like... Ch- so did Chia in 2015. Yeah. But there's also a case of there was no one superstar among those three. They were all as quick as each other. They were all as consistent as each other. They had a game plan. They stuck to it and they got the result. Uh, look, I'd say if I had to pick one, I'd say Ben Barnico in the McLaren. Oh, McCart- yes. yes. Having, having come out and, yeah. uh, and, and, and quite interestingly, nothing quite like a little bit of hot weather running in November. Hmm. At challenge, yeah. Uh, to uh, for McLaren again, we said earlier that they were data mining. It, it can't be a coincidence that they were quick and consistent with both their cars, having run um, in the heat of November. Okay, but have that naturally follows? What the hell were Triple Eight doing? Uh, I think Triple Eights just weren't quite there. Mm. Um, they were, and I think that might have been a Mercedes thing. Yeah, it might have uh, been that, a BOP thing. Might, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. None of the Mercedes were were just quite there consistently so yeah don't know so it was that while the Bentley team took home all the plaudits camera time and celebrations there were tales of many other crews who had long days and just had to bring it home So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Are you looking for race car spares? Come down to the corner of Dandenong Road. We have supercars, formula cars, imports and road cars in pieces and waiting for you. 
Just come in before the residents kick us out at 6pm. Need a wrecked race car? Go straight on it down in on road. telecommunications. Do you expect to be treated like a gentleman when you call your phone service provider? Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Rich Hotel. Rich Hotel uses the biggest mobile network in Australia. I can't believe the reception. Rich Hotel uses the latest in mobile technology like the special edition iPhone 92 GTR exclusive to Rich Hotel. This is going to remain with me for a long time. Rich Hotel looked at all the other competitors' prices and said, This is bloody disgraceful. So Rich Hotel introduced the best value deals around. For information on our SIM-only and full mobile plans, go to www.richhotel.com or You're a pack of assholes. First and possibly last 2020 edition of the Racing Insider Supercars Review, Courtney calls it quits, Jack Smith cracks the shits, Turn 8 had some hits, and Triple Eight fucks up in the pits! And goddammit, it's supercars again, starting with the Techno Team Sydney Saga. The speculation finally concluded with two cars entering the 2020 season. Driven by Chris Pither and Dancing Jimmy C. While what we said last episode was incorrect, no one seems to know what the fuck was going on at the best of times. So, um, why should we be any different? Yes. Uh, we have been accused of throwing stones about the team, but we haven't. Uh, Ross, Jimmy and Matt don't like being thrown for starters. They might do better with any of that family involved, to be honest. Wow. Mm. Pitha wasn't a random choice, given how the Coca-Cola deal came about. Through a distributor with ties to Chris Pitha, but Courtney's Boost Mobile deal raised eyebrows. It was essentially a deal done as a favour to JC under the Tigre Australia Old Mates Act. Is that a thing? I think it is now. Yeah, well, mm. can I Google that under legislation.gov.au? Mm, probably not. <laughs> so, Peter Addison, Bush CEO, spent most of last year continuously complaining about basically everything, including that bizarre challenge to Cray Lounds. All indications were that he wouldn't be back, and yet here he was. Oh, because control front uprights were in place for 2020 Warpster? Uh, no. Uh, really? Because I swear in October last year when he said, and I quote, we have made it clear to the teams we are talking to that unless there is a control front upright, we are not in the sport. Well, in fairness, Boost isn't in the sport now. Post Adelaide, everything went to shit in a big way. Boost has walked, Courtney has walked, the team is still based in Queensland, John O'Webb seems to be selectively answering his phone, and the aforementioned Adderton kept throwing bombs online. His best missive including... Quote... Honestly, when is at Supercars Championship going to stop this charade? This team is ill-prepared, underfunded, and frankly, Team Sydney is a national embarrassment to the sport, unquote. Courtney was a little more circumspect, saying in part, quote, there was a big commitment that was made in the start, which was a big part of my deal. I probably let it go on unresolved for too long because of a friendship with John. After Adelaide, it became pretty evident it wasn't going to be honoured. What commitment? Allegedly a money commitment. And um, I posted a few things on my page about this and uh, mm. and uh, have had a couple of people s- decide to uh, to challenge me a little bit about it. So, Wolfster, here's what I know. Okay. The Coca-Cola deal essentially uh, was done via a third party through a, a Coke... Um, distributor. Distributor. Uh, we won't go into too many details. No, because we've distanced himself from it. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, so, and then there's been John O'Webb's apparently told Speed Cafe to mm-hmm. ring the marketing to ring Pierre Person's girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, at Coca Cola Amital in Sydney, and she said, "Oh no, yes, this is a Coca Cola thing." 
words to that effect. Have a look it's on Speed. Have a word. Have a look on Speed Cafe, and you make up your own mind. Well, considering that she seemed to be saying yes, it's a Cobra Cobble thing, but I have absolutely no idea what the f- they're going on about. Yeah, well, as I said, it was Pierre's, she's Pierre's girlfriend. Oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> yes. yeah. The Coca Cola deal hinged on Pitha, so it was launched at ceremoniously unveiled at the supercars launch on the back of a tilt truck that broke down <laughs> on the way to the launch boy that was the moment yeah so which means that pitha's guy is bringing the money and bringing pitha but he was like a late announcement mm. it was all about james courtney james courtney in an interview with brett ramsey from uh, in pit lane melbourne said that he first started talking to the webs in march last year now, we know that there is an Alan Gow, who's James Courtney's manager, Peter Adderton, Toker, Tiga, long-term, all yeah. old mates together in bed tie-up. We've discussed it on the podcast many times and on our pages. Adderton was always going to go where Courtney is. Yep. This whole charade that it was a last-minute deal is nothing but a charade based around the information I have. And unless someone can show me something in writing that it isn't, I will continue to believe what I believe. I also heard that the supposed last-minute deal was for a $6 million a year sponsorship that was asked for, and Mr. Adderton cut it back to somewhere around four. I'm still unsure on how James was to be paid, whether it was via the webs or whether it was from... Mr. Adderton, but what is... He did have an existing promotional deal with Boost. Yes, so what is interesting is that Mr. Courtney comes out publicly and says, quote, again, there was a big commitment that was made in the start, which was part of my deal. I probably let it go on unresolved for too long because of a friendship with John. After Adelaide, it became pretty evident it wasn't going to be honoured. So, James, we'd love you to, you know, come on the podcast and, and, and tell your story. What wasn't honoured was, had you signed a contract and you weren't paid? Were you promised that the car you were going to get was going to be 2020 uprated spec from, uh, from, from tri- a brand new car from Triple Eight? That had all the Triple Eight bits. All, that had all the new bits because, uh, again, my, my guys are telling me that the car you are in was actually one of the really, really early. It was actually converted Z to, to a ZB and it was, a, it was a ride car that was then converted to a Super 2 car that's then been up spec but with old gear in it and you puddled around in the back of the field uh, and it looked like an absolute pig of a thing. James, is it true that in the engineering debrief back at the team on uh, the Monday or the Tuesday after Adelaide, that in a moment of rage, Mr. Webb said to you that he could have driven the fucking car quicker than you could have? Mm. Nobody really knows because nobody's saying anything. So while nobody's saying anything, nobody will continue to know. We'll speculate. Social media will speculate. Well, hang on. Let's pull this back a bit. We will continue to speculate, but with basis. We're not just going to go out there and start talking shit. I can tell you right now, everything that I have said about this team on this podcast, I have been told by people who have direct connections to either sponsors, teams, or someone in the industry, and I absolutely am spot on and trust them. Okay. Let's fast forward to Wednesday before the Grand Prix. Alex Davison's taken over the 19 drive. Actually had hauled the car's ass up some grid spots in uh, in practice and in qualifying at the Grand Prix. Yeah, I think uh, Alex Davo taking the drive is a rare lapse of sanity at this point. A lapse of Alex Davo's sanity or a lapse and showing some sanity? Column A, column B. <laughs> bit, yeah. of ba- bit of bing, bit of bang, bit, bit of bang. Yep, yep. Um, the CEO of the Coke distributor we named in one of our articles wanted it taken down and his involvement distanced. Yep. Make of that what you will. Folks made a massive error about uh, whether or not Chris Pitha was um, staying or going, which and that never happens. Like, and Fogues is seriously one of the one of Fogues is one of the top three sharpest pencils. Yeah. In in the box of Australian motorsport journalists, mm. and there aren't that many journalists left. There are a lot of PR guys. Mm. There are a lot of people writing media articles who aren't journos but are PR guys. Yep. And I. I genuinely felt sorry for folks because he thought he had it right and uh, and he didn't. But I don't, um, know, I don't know whether he took a flyer on that one or what was going on. Yeah, look, I'm not quite thought, sure. Everyone thought Pether was leaving, but let's look at this from Pether's point of view. Coke goes, Team Sydney's finished. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Pether leaves this drive 
Is he going to get another go in main series full time? No, no, probably not. Probably, I reckon it's his. It's Chris Pither's last roll of the dice. So, so but what? And, and, and I do rate CP. I like CP. Yeah. I think he's a very good driver. Yep. But he's the wrong side of thirty, and there's all this, and there's always going to be this conveyor belt of talent and guys with money. Well, so is, look to that matter. Alex Davison's the wrong side of thirty. Yeah. A- again, lovely bloke. So interestingly, another one of Tony Quinn's. Family Companies has stepped up to bail out the webs. Uh, has indeed. Uh, the Local legends Jerky and Biltong. Bil- Bil- I thought yep. that was the stuff they sold in, like, beer. or Sithifrika. Oh, okay, Biltong. I thought it was... No, Bintang's the beer, isn't it? Yes. Okay, right. For someone that doesn't drink, you prove you don't know very much about beer. Thank you. So, yeah, look, Qu- uh, Quinny's, um, Quinny stepped up to uh, to give uh, Old Mate a chop out, and that's not a bad thing. Warbster, I think we need to put a full stop on Team Sydney right now. Yeah. So to uh, to find out exactly what the hell is going on, we've got we've arranged a reporter who is mm-hmm. actually on the scene mm-hmm. outside the Team Sydney headquarters in Queensland. Uh, over to you, Neville. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? Cash, no. John O, no cash. And so, to the mysteries thrown up by the technical changes, with the pedders dampers that are definitely not. They're definitely not. No, hang on. Yeah, they're definitely not. Definitely not super shocks. No, they are. They're pedders super shocks. In any case, the new era uh, came with it, and uh, the secrets were slowly revealed at the bend. They all drone around, and Triple Eight was somewhere around the back. So you know, Rusty Fortune, Rusty Fortune made a French, French? <laughs> selling, selling Sky Sand, Sky Sands sandbags. I got it out. Now that they all understand what they need to change to suit the new dampers, I need a prediction to the nearest million on how much money are the bigger teams going to spend on new front uprights. Well, I would say 0.35, mm-hmm. given that uh, they're not going to need to spend too much more money on new front uprights for at least the next five rounds. Mm, that's true, that's true. Uh, oh, yes, racing. Oh, yeah, there was a, there was a race on. Mm. Uh, the race formerly known as Clipsal was on. Yes. And it saw a miracle being performed. A miracle warp stuff. Yeah. No one said anything about parity all weekend. Everyone just raced for a change. Oh, no. Uh, there was still lots of chat on social media. Oh, fuck social about, media. About the Opels. Fuck social media. Alrighty. So, 2018 service resumed with Scotty effectively playing the Lone Ranger against the Banyo boys. He ended up with a win in a second to leave the Clipsal leading the title fight. But the DJR Mustangs didn't look like having the ultimate pace of Triple Eight, and one three Fabs was nowhere to be found. Oh, brew! I had a last-minute fair brew. The bloke that John Bow took out in the TCM race, he needed to get back to the hotel. Oh, sorry, I didn't quite make cut the mustard. While leaving empty-handed, the Red Bull cars were bloody quick. No one saw the potential on Saturday where Jamie Winkup, who announced his retirement from speculation on his retirement, was on autopilot. I see what you did there. And clicked off win number 118. Yeah, see? I told you. Bloody parody. They've slowed the Mustangs down just to speed up Roland's cars. It was Shane Van Gisbogen's turn on Sunday, and he was cruising to a triple eight clean sweep when the refueling bloke pulled a macker. For those of you who have got absolutely no idea what we're talking about when we name Macca, you probably should listen back to episode 20 of the podcast where we did a Honest Rollins Gone Mad commercial and we talked about Macca getting the sack from Triple Eight. He was the guy that uh, kept fumbling all the wheel changes. Uh, he saw a refraction instead of the full fuel light and the Gisbogen was dropped a whole lot of quality race fuels E85 short. Yes, and uh, that would have been one of the funniest pit stops I've seen since the Super 2 race at Bathurst last year with IFWB. Mm. When all of the wonderful race fuels E85 ended up on the road. And here was where the true potential was glaringly obvious as SVG ripped off laps that had the timing screens more purple than that stupid Macca's mascot. Unfortunately, his charge was halted by a failed lower control arm. Uh, number two for the weekend, given the same part failed James Courtney earlier. Well, yeah, except we know that Courtney's on that car had probably already done about 10,000 kilometres. Two Erebuses, Erebot, Erebite, what is the collective noun there? Uh, Betty-mobiles. Uh, Betty-mobiles, okay. Mm, yep. uh, collided at turn nine after Dave had a lunge on uh, Jack LeBrock and turned into Anton, who was turning into the corner, completely helpless. Mm. Ricky Bobby copped a penalty. Yeah, my, my boy. Uh, Anton had his race ruined and old mate Barry started warming up the bus. 
then Betty took the keys out of the bus and Barry didn't throw anyone under it when he was presented with a life mic. What I will say is it's wonderful to see the uh, evolution at Erebus since uh, Barry now has a financial stake. He seems because, to calm down a bit. Well, 12 months ago, he threw Anton under the bus and he's thrown Dave under the bus more, to- more, than, uh, more than once. Mm. I-, I wait with bated breath for the documentary that appears to be <laughs> appears to be being held on. I wonder whether the documentary is going to be sanitised. Well, considering that Dave's dropped on certain words on live television, I'm pretty sure no. No. I don't think so. No. Uh, so, uh, I'll, make, I'll make Jack Smith. Uh, had a torrid first round of the main series. What was the first thing he got wrong? Uh, he missed the start of year driver's photo. Yeah. And, and then... And then he didn't miss the turn eight wall. Right, and then? Uh, he decided not to talk to the media who were critical of him, which was nearly all of them. Yeah, which uh, has gone down like a fart in church uh, with those affected. Yes. I also know that everybody that everybody that writes uh, that wrote bad things about him, he's effectively media black band, and some of my media friends have told me that already have things uh, in train. They, uh, they have a plan for the rest of the year that... Um, so, Jack, what I probably... A little bit of free advice from someone who uh, is on the fringe of the media and has had a bit to do with motorsport for a little while. Mm. Brother, I suggest you kiss and make up because uh, yeah. your pub, because they, they may say that uh, any publicity is good publicity. In your situation, my friend, the, the, the best thing that's going to happen to you is the next five races aren't going to happen because if you can't crash your car, you can't have bad shit written about you. Hmm. hmm. So, uh, old mate JB, uh, the... Bearded Benjamin Button of TCM forgot where his brake pedal was uh, on the run into turn one in the TCM race and ended up in the door of uh, Adam Garwood, ruined the races of Garwood, Ryle Harris and Ryan Hansford in the sand trap. Excuse me, he did apologise for this uh, relapse of judgement afterwards. Uh, Chas Mostas uh, WAU debut with the soccer team saw a turn of speed that had auto action dusting off their Walkinshaw We're Back article copy. Adelaide is a traditional soccer team hotspot, and the little running at Albert Park was inconclusive. However, the move to sign uh, Chaz and longtime engineer Adam DeBore seems to be paying off. So that'd be the Adam DeBore that I was told is definitely not going there. See, we uh, have a percentage rate might still be in the 90s, but uh, sometimes I might be pulling our percentage rate down. Yeah, Um, I was going to ignore that. When Uh, your car goes real fast at Adelaide, it's a must that's to No, it's not. They're always fast at Adelaide. Yep. So, Warbster, so, 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 the artist formerly known as the Datsun Collective uh, yes. and their Mustangs are already an improvement on last year, despite both of them ending up being a rick in the wall over at Turn 8 over the weekend. The Mustangs are already much more competitive than the Ultima, uh, with the new engines will receive upgrades over the year, and the move to focus on two cars appears to be paying off, well, especially dumping the Super 2 program because nobody had enough cash and uh, the next five rounds not being run are certainly going to help everybody's budgets. Yes. Or uh, not. Speaking... speaking i tell you who it's not going to help. Who's it not going to help? It's not going to help supercars events. No. When you're the promoter. No. No. Probably not. Enough of that. Mm. Tom Randall. Uh, yeah, he scored pole and nearly won the round in Super 2 despite his ongoing testicular cancer issues. So imagine how much harder he would have run if he'd had both his... I'm sure there's a Lance Armstrong joke in this. I'm sure there is. Matty White Motorsport Ultimate appears to have helped him vault up the grid a bit and uh, the divorce from Tickford will be fueling the fire. Expect a year-long dogfight with IFWB all year. Big shout-out to my boy Juice. Jaden Ojeda? The Juice was loose. He had a little rub of the wall early in the weekend at 8, got over that and was far and away the best Super 2 rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, took it to P4 or P5 on the Sunday. Yep, sure did. Um, an advantage, took advantage of some uh, some others taking each other out. But yep. as a wise man once said, to finish first, you must first finish. Mm-hmm. I suppose the other one we need to talk about is regular racing insiders page lurker Adam Bressington. Uh, won his first race meeting in TCM uh, as well as a uh, first round, sorry, first race in first TCM round. as well as took the round. A beneficiary of the Turn 1 chaos. It was also a, a home win for Bobby Middleton's white line race. 
racing team. Correct. And uh, Adam B is looking for uh, for some cash for the rest of the season. So if you've got spare cash after you've given it to Canebacks Smith. to Smith, you yep. can throw some towards Adam Bressington. Yep. And if you want to come on board uh, with Race Fuels, you can sponsor our podcast. Yeah. Rounds it out nicely, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyler Everingham's uh, mm. can always do with some help. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've forgotten the most important thing at any supercars race. Oh, that'd be the concert. The concert, yes. Yep. Uh, crowd numbers were down in mm-hmm. last year, and there was a lot of speculation as to why. Yep. A lot of people are settled on the fact that everyone wanted Chilly Willy mm-hmm. a lot more than Hilly Willy. You told our agent this place holds 30,000 people. It does. We had 30,000 here last night. Now play. The audience is getting restless. We want Chilly Willy. We want Chilly Willy. So Hilltop Hoods might be local legends. Oh, but... I'm glad the sound engineer's not here. Yeah, but they're not as hard to see as last year's headliners, the Red Hot Chilli Peppers. People voted with their wallets and supercars wound up with yet another uncomfortable PR situation. Sorry, um, Warbster, are you able to explain just why the crowd numbers were down? Well, to be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. Actually, Pierre, for a change, I can tell you one of the reasons. Number one, it's a four-day event that needs to be condensed into three. Yep. It's run its race as a four-day event, and yep. they've even come out themselves and said that. Mm-hmm. And Warbster, the really, really obvious one would be that um, everybody wanted the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but if the Banyo Boys had played Sunday night, crowds would have flocked there in droves. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's fucking right. And speaking of internationally successful, there's this man. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Stretching from Condoblin in the north all the way to G-Town in the south. Horsham in the west, right across to Wodonga, with over two dozen stores in between. When you need a refuel, you need to stop at Bowser Bean. Across country Victoria and southern New South Wales, when you need to refuel your car, truck, or even your motorbike, Vantage Fuel Outlets can put quality fuel in the tank. Bowser Bean Cafes will put tasty food and quality barista coffee in your tank. Bowser Bean. Know what I mean? Welcome back to the Racing Cast, where, no, your ears didn't deceive you, that was actually a semi-serious ad for Bowser Bean Cafe. Bowser Bean Cafes are part of the Vantage Fuels network of service stations and convenience stores all across uh, regional Victoria and southern New South Wales, and Vantage Fuels just happened to be a sister organisation to Race Fuels. So whilst uh, things are a little bit quiet for Mark and Sean and the guys at Race Fuels, we're more than happy to uh, give a bit of support, and we'd like you to as well, to uh, Vantage Fuels. Get on down to Bowser Bean Cafe and get yourself a quality barista-made coffee. Before the uh, Albert Park Grand Prix was cancelled by the Grand Prix Corporation, all of the undercard did see some track action. S5000 was the highlight, according to our spies on the ground. I think Denozo's still got that chubby. And uh, they were joined by Supercars, TCR and Carrera Cup. Speaking of Carrera Cup, mm. Denozo churnsided his way into the Carrera Cup tent. Mm, that's alright. Yeah, yeah, with my homie Jess. Oh, okay. She hasn't invited me in the friggin' Carrera Cup tent. Remember that one, Jess? <laughs> the TCR Asia Pacific Cup demonstrated the value of experience with Garth Tander in the Audi, Michael Caruso in the Alpha, and Will Brown in the Hyundai being fastest in qualifying. A standout for mine, mm-hmm. for what I saw Thursday, yep. privateer Zach Suter yes. running in the top 10 easily. I think he qualified 10th, but was up as high as 6th or 7th in practice. Yeah, it's straight from a Formula straight Ford. Straight from a rear-wheel drive Formula Ford into a R-Stragger TCR car at a circuit he's never driven before. Mm. This kid has got some genuine ability. Speaking of genuine ability, mm. S5000 was another demonstration of how Jimmy Golding has been wasted not having a good supercars drive. 
Well, he uh, beat out Tommy Randall by uh, about a tenth in qualifying. Mm. Warbster, um, let's uh, let's let's see who else he beat. So uh, uh, we've got the former A1 GP champion driving uh, driving the French car, Alex Premer. Alex Premer, yep. Mm-hmm. So you've got a current Williams Reserve F F1 Reserve driver. Yeah, uh, Jack Aiken. Righto. Former Australian Grand Prix winner. Uh, Giancarlo Fisichella. And the star in a reasonably priced car, current lap record holder. And I think he's done some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rubens uh, Barrichello. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, he's pretty good. So Jimmy's pretty good. Yeah. Supercars showed how dangerous Red Bull is this year, with Team Roland splitting the poles decided on... Uh, decided in the Thursday in the sessions. Thursday sessions. Uh, fastest forward was Will Davo, with 1-3 cams and Scotty Mack nipping at their heels. Continuing the ordinary start to the season, Dave Reynolds had an ordinary time and explained why to Will Davo's misses. Great from you, obviously, having to do that second lap there. Uh, yeah, I just fucked up the first one, and then, obviously, the tyres are shit then, so, you know, that's why we're down the order a bit, but, yeah, my mistake, I'll have to own that. I'll just have to do a better job next time. A better job at what, Dave? Trying to make Rihanna lose it? And a big shout-out to James Courtney there. Uh, enough qualifying, though. Uh, the first scheduled Carrera Cup race was held and won by Cameron Hill, as you've mentioned three or four times. There can only be one winner. <laughs> so that does make him the official winner of the weekend. He was followed by Nick McBride, Cooper Murray, another David in the Wall, and Where is the Love? In yes. any case, it's all over now. A fairly, uh, a slightly eventful, but fairly uneventful 19-lap uh, Carrera Cup race. Mm. Bloody expensive Carrera Cup race. Yeah. At least they got to uh, have lunch in their tent. That's true. Mm. Well, what um, denies that he needs at all. So into something that we think needs to be discussed uh, and is a large part of our existence as pages. Media. Uh, specifically, the quality and content of media in motorsports. What is journalism and what is effectively paid advertising, Warbster? I think we need to get into Social Media Watch. The first thing you have to do is negate all the things that people could hurl against you as a form of abuse for, for, for being not intelligent enough to get this, to understand it. Righto, Warpster. You've written it. You can kick it off. And uh, I'll proceed to derail you and fuck things up like I normally do. Awesome. All right. There's been a few things that have come up recently um, in my various travels on social media. And certainly with regards to content on the Racing Insiders page, and I don't, don't suspect yours as well, uh, DSO, where people can't tell the difference between content and advertising. People can't tell the difference between journalism and opinion. You've only got to look at when we withdrew the, well, when I withdrew um, the article naming the Coca-Cola link man mm-hmm. to Team Sydney. Now, yep. I was asked to take that down. It was a reasonable request. Yep. It was put politely. It was for good reason. Yep, through a third party that, is known to both that person and to us. Yes. And everyone's saying, oh, you 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 got money in it, you've got this, you've got that. How cynical do you need to be that you think the only reason that I would withdraw something or as a responsible recorder of record or as a responsible person online, that the only reason I would do that is because of money? So I'll throw one at you. Mm-hmm. Back in early, mid, early mid-January, mm-hmm. I uh, had somebody send me a photo of the... Kelly Racing Mustang yes. in the pit lane at Bathurst. I remember it very well, yes. Filming the now now showing BP Ultimate ad. Which is shit. Oh, well, that's okay. Whatever the bloke's name is that yeah, uh, yeah. That, uh, that, that cleans the track. It's yeah. a bit of a wait, really. <clears throat> so I received a message to the page, to the podcast DSO, from the media guy from Kelly Racing yep. asking me to take the post down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and said that um, it's commercial incompetence. They had security there, and it um, would you know, we'd really appreciate it if you could pull it down. I read the message. I then went and deleted the post, and I then replied to him and told him that it was down. He also offered me a, a club, Cali Racing Club membership for the year, yep. which I've chosen to not follow up on because. I didn't pull that post, and the photo's still about in other places on the internet. I wasn't. The oh, only, was that, was that wasn't. It's not exclusivity or anything like that. No, no, no. And I copped a bit of heat for that. People said to me, "Oh, you know, you piss weak and you're soft." And 
no, no, hang on. It was a reasonable request mm. to do something that's reasonable. I don't run the page to be known as a, a, that a, arsehole. That arsehole, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody that knows me knows mm. I am that arsehole, mm. but I don't go out of the way publicly for people who don't know me to think that I'm that arsehole. But, so, and th- but this is the whole thing. that, And then I then put a post up very quickly afterwards saying mm-hmm. those of you that, uh, that are wondering where the post went, I've been asked by Kelly Racing uh, PR or media, media people to remove the post, yep. which I quite happily agreed to do because I'm not here to upset people. And I think it comes back to two things. One, responsibility. Because if there's money on the line, you don't want to stand in the way of Kelly Racing getting that money. Absolutely. Because you're too obstinate and frigging up yourself to, you know, just go, okay, it isn't actually, it isn't that, it isn't about me. And hindsight's a wonderful thing, Warbster. Mm. Because now that photo is now linked to an ad that's all about race fuels. Ah. The distributor of BP Ultimate E85 Supercars Fuel. But that wasn't anything to do with my decision. No. We no. hadn't we hadn't done our deal with race fuels up until no, numerous no. weeks after no, that. I don't think we had yet. No, it wouldn't have made any difference anyway. Absolutely not. Because Mark is a sponsor and we do consult him on certain aspects yep. of our editorial policy, certainly mine. I yep. don't know whether you've had that conversation with him. But uh, numerous times. Yeah. But again, we don't... We don't we haven't changed what we do. We don't, no. we don't do anything any different. Mm. But again... Which brings me to... Other sources of media. The Warbster and I had a conversation last week. We're never going to get the supercar drivers as guests, but no. frankly, quite frankly, that's all been done to death on all of the other podcasts. Yeah. We've got, uh, we mentioned, Warbster mentioned it earlier, so we'll announce it now. We've, last weekend, we recorded an episode where we interviewed Chris Lewis Williams, who's the CEO of the Benalla Auto Club group, yep. who owns Winton Raceway, Wakefield Park Raceway, and the AASA, the sanctioning body. Yep. So we had a set, sit down chat with, uh, with CLW, who's somebody that I've known for quite a period of time. And that'll be a standalone uh, episode coming up after this one. Yep. In a few weeks, once we edit it and, uh, and, and just do a bit of, give it a little bit of a spit and polish. Yeah. But so the thing, the thing that got me with um, the conversation with CLW, and I hope everyone will listen to it because it does go a lot of different places and it does give a lot of perspective, is that there isn't really... With all these podcasts that have popped up, you know, you've got Noonan, you've got Rusty, you've got David Caruso, you've got... Um, Scotty Mack. You've got the um, Loud Pedal or whatever the heck the Fox Sports one's called yeah. now. Breaking Late, obviously. Yeah. Um Hannah B, there's Hannah your second, B, there's there's your your second, second. shout-out. Yep. But the point is, is they're, they're not having the conversations that are actually going to make a difference. And I've got to... And I'm going to say it. I can't watch The Enforcer in The Dude anymore because mm. it's the same shit every week. I'm sorry to say it, Paul, and I'll bump into you at a racetrack this year. You know I will. I know you did listen. I'm not sure if you still do. But it's uh, it's rinse and repeat. It's almost... Your, your, your whole thing is almost Groundhog Day. And we can be a bit like that too, but we've tried to change over a two and a half, nearly yeah. three years. What we want to do, and what we're trying to capture the essence of right now in this conversation is, we want to provide things for people to think about. We want to invoke conversation. Yes. And that was one of the things that came out in our discussions last weekend with CLW. Yeah. And you, you will hear that in the other podcast. Supercars Media and the deal with uh, ARG. Um, yeah. People lost their fucking minds. Like, hang on. ARG have gone out to the best media player in motorsport in Australia. They want absolute top-level production and content. Absolutely. So, there's a flow-on effect for that. The AMRS series were using Blendline TV, who, without being rude about it, were... uh, are the third string mm. provider yep. behind uh, Greg Cedar at AVE who do the Speedweek speed week stuff. And we're so, doing the TCR coverage. And we're doing year. the TCR coverage. So all of a sudden, Greg Cedar and AVE now have a gap that they've been able to, through Matt Bargwanath, who's the uh, who's the manager of the Australian Motor Racing AMRS, Australian Motor Racing Championship Series, mm-hmm. they've been able to cut a TV deal that's that's public and, uh, and is out there now. So... There's a, there's a real benefit for the AMRS competitors because they get some live streaming, some free-to-air, and, uh, you know, the next level of production values. 
than what was being done in the past. In the in the meantime, though, everyone's gone. Oh, TCR racing's being done by Supercars Media. Oh, they're gonna bring them down. They're gonna put them on Foxtel. They're gonna do like for fucks. If it was called CarsRecording.com or some shit like that, nobody would have said anything. But because it's Supercars Media. All of a sudden, all the assumptions of, oh, they're going to bury the series, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Supercars Media are a subcontractor. They record what they're told to record. They do what's in the agreement that they make. It's shown wherever ARG wants it to be shown. Supercars isn't part of the management side of it. They're just a sub, a subby. Correct. Uh, that's exactly right. All they are is a company that has a media production company. Yeah. So they are going to film and produce. So it won't mean that you'll get Crompton and Scaife commentating because oh, please do god no because because the arg are going to put their own talking heads in sadly that's not noons this year but that's okay we can uh, we've, we've, i think we've kept rusty so that's the main thing yeah so and people need to understand that how does this affect the sport warbster how does it affect the sport the mi- misinformation and the disinformation absolutely it affects the sport it's just for the sport mm. Because you've got people, you know, sitting on the sermon, doing the sermon on the mount about how friggin' oh everything's over, everything's done, everything's this, everything's that. Oh, where'd you hear it? Oh, I saw it on a Facebook post. Really? Now this is where critical thinking needs to come into it, and I'm going to sound a little bit preachy here, but just bear with me. Righto, Warbster. Um, fact and fiction. What what's opinion and what's fact? Okay, two hundred thousand people came through the gates at Clipsal. Is that an opinion or is that fact? Supposedly, it's a fact. Okay, I think it's opinion. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because it's two hundred thousand people through the gates. Not it's it's fifty thousand people four times. Not correct. So over a four day weekend, mm. two hundred allegedly two hundred thousand people mm-hmm. had their tickets scanned in. Went through the gates. That includes all of the crews, teams, race officials, people selling pies, hot dogs, programs, beer, corporate guests, everybody. Yeah. Wasn't 200,000 spectators. Yes. And it wasn't 200,000 spectators on Saturday or Sunday. Yes. So there's the essential difference between opinion and fact. Yeah. Fact is something that I can look at a statistic and say, this is what was said by this person in this report, you know, citations, all that sort of bizzo. Opinion is, I think Roland Dane runs the sport. Yeah. Did you just say I run this fucking sport? No, that's what people online think. Because but I fucking do. You don't. I fucking I fucking own supercars. You don't own supercars. I will by the end of the year. I've got that's twenty se- I've got twenty seven dollars in my fucking wallet. <laughs> you're you're overpaying for twenty seven bucks, mate. No, I'm but, fucking being very generous. No, but Roland Dean doesn't run so that's that's the stupidest thing. I've, it's the second stupidest thing after Winch Cup because no, Roland Dane. Roland Dane. No, no, Ro- Roland Dane has to run supercars mm. because the Mustangs were fast and were winning everything. So he got the rules changed to make his cars more competitive. Right. So that had absolutely nothing to do with Burjo. Cambo, Sean Seymour, the Supercars Board, Mark Scaife's probably in there somewhere. You know, no, all no. of these other people. No, Roland just said, Ia, you're going to fucking change these cars until I start winning again. No, he said it like this. Ia, you're going to change these fucking cars till I start fucking winning again or I'll fuck you up. No, he didn't do that. It's not really believable at all, it's is it? It's not really believable. So let's put it... So, ladies and gentlemen, anytime you read something about Roland Dane controlling or running or organising... Put the not rolling filter on. Run it through the not rolling filter. Pretend, put a not pretend not rolling voice on, yeah. and use that as your filter as to whether that is truth or fiction or dare. I dare. So this is damaging the sport because people. I mean, sponsors they do research. And sponsors, and sponsors, and commercial people are going to go online and they're I, look at this and go, "Why are we supporting this fuckwit?" Can I give you an analogy? A analogy. People are sheep. Meh. Do you want to? Would you like me to re- absolutely one hundred percent prove to you that people are sheep? Meh. Toilet paper shortage. Oh shit. Here endeth. No, well, no, please don't. <laughs> Here endeth the lesson. Seriously, people panic. People are panic buying in the face of. COVID-19. These are the same people that you and I, a week and a half or two weeks ago, had conversations with and thought were normal. Mm -hmm. But in actual fact, they may be hiding behind a fake profile on social media saying that, yeah, fucking Roland Dane runs this fucking sport. There is a lack of critical thinking. There is a lack of critical thinking. The reporting 
on some levels promotes a lack of critical thinking. It's in, in absolutely fact, appalling. It, it extinguishes people's ability yeah. to think critically. Because we're having a conversation. I mean, we had a conversation with CLW, and I'm not putting us on the same strata as you know your pointless motor racing clickbait.coms, but we're having conversation with CLW about the future of the sport and where the sport's going. And I can't hype this up enough. It's a really good conversation. It gives you a lot of insight. In the same breath, we're, we're nobody. Like, we're the guys that you think are just going to be social media warriors and full of crap. On the other end of it, you've got PointlessMotorRacingClickbait.com going, Roland Dane took a dump. Shock headline. Roland Dane complains about parity because his portable toilet was five millimetres further away from the pit lane than Roger Penske's was. No, they don't get their own portable toilets. You see my point, though? They do. They're hyperbolized absolutely fucking everything. And when everything is shock... What's my two dogs humping rule? Once everything's shock, nothing's shock. Yeah, because when everything looks like two dogs humping, you just turn away and you go, eh, just two dogs humping. Yeah, so what? And then once... Like coronavirus in about November. Once you've you've (laughs) lost... And once you've lost the trust of everybody, they're never going to believe you again. We'll go back to our comment earlier about Fogues getting it completely wrong about Chris Pither. Mm. Sadly for Fogues, that will hurt his brand. It will hurt the auto action brand mm. because they were the credible alternative to, to Crusher.cafe. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and it won't hurt them massively, mm. but for people that think and don't just follow... Auto fiction was a phrase that came up a hell of a lot. Well, that's and because, it, that's, because that's because historically it was auto fiction. Mm. Fish Fries Fortnightly was its other name, mm. for those of you old enough to remember. Warbster. Not that we've got an issue with their long-term cartoonists. There's a hint. Mm. So, Warbster, I reckon that just about rounds us out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, this will be the end of part two of yep. episode 29. Yep. We really do ask you to uh, look out for episode 30, where we sit down for a fireside chat with Chris Lewis-Williams from uh, the Nellarado Club group. In the meantime, cop into your sleeve... Wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water. And uh, don't get sick. We, we can't afford to lose any more listeners. No, that's exactly right. But importantly, don't panic. And uh, in response to a lot of the questions I've received, iRacing might be the only place that you'll get your fix, but it certainly won't be where I'll be going. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.